0: The first reading is from Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. But loving the lord your god obeying his voice and holding fast to him for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the lord has sworn to your fathers to abraham to isaac and to jacob to give them this is the word of the lord today's psalm reading comes from psalm 119 blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the lord blessed are those who keep his testimonies who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not merely being human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council whoever says you fool will be liable to hell fire so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put into prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn, comes from evil. This is the gospel of our Lord. Now let's say it together. Slowly. We're not heard. Pay attention to the message. Law is the precious gift of an adoring parent given to beloved children, urging them to treat each other well because he loves them all. That's Luther's understanding of the law. When you heard the words today and they're strong words a lot of people in our culture in our world since he's time he said it till to now when they heard today's words they're going to be squirming thinking well i've messed this up and i'm messing that one up and i'm i mean there's a lot of strong emphasis on this and then how do you respond to that how do you know the intent of the person who said the words how do you know the the way you're supposed to receive the words well there's our insight Why would Jesus say what he said to us? Because he wanted to give us a gift. Those codes that he shared today were not a curse. They're a gift. Because he's an adoring parent. A gift to his beloved children. And in those gifts, he's urging us to treat each other well. Because he loves us all. When you hear the law, if you're ever convicted by the codes of God and how we're to conduct ourselves, they're not meant to crush us. They're not meant to oppress us. They're meant to set us free and show us the better way of life. Now with that in mind, the gospel lesson today, I guess I mentioned, even with the young ones, two major parts to to today's gospel lesson. We want to bring in, categorize in two parts. The first one has to do with protecting life. Basically, God's wanting to protect God's children. And you or I are the children. It doesn't matter our age. When God sees us, it's children. All we are when we get older is just more powerful and more boisterous little kids. But we're still the little kids, right? We just got more authority and more clout and maybe more impact to our punch. So he wants to protect life. That's why he would say, "We don't kill each other. Don't murder, in any way." That's why he would say the the angry words and the harshness that comes with anger. And sometimes it's the, the anger that we a lot of times we put onto people. They don't even deserve it. We're angry at something going on over here. We're angry with ourselves. But when we voice our anger, we're voicing it on someone that has no power. Frequently, kids, be careful with your anger, even if it's with an adult. They're just a kid in God's eyes. Be careful with our anger. And they're hurtful words. Yes, it might take one big accident or one big physical thing to take my life. But we can kill each other with a thousand little jabs with ugly words. There's more to losing a life than just the physical side. And God says here, he's protecting life. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. He loves us. He does not want us hurt. And the next thing was a protecting family. This is God's family. Whether it's in a home with a mom and a dad and some children, or it's a church, he sees us as a family. And he tells his family, particularly the adults in the family, stop with the adultery, no adultery. When you're married, it's one person for life. That's his intent. The beauty of the family. Fight for it. Fight for it. The divorce, unless it's by sexual immorality, we don't. We fight for it. We might have to be in safe places at times. He gets that. But we're trying to strive that love would win. And that means that the lustful part, just put it aside. He loves us. He loves us all. So he tells us no adultery, no divorce, no lust. It's a circle of life. The parents have it, they give it to the kids. The kids have it, they give it to the next generation. When will that cycle, that chain, be blessed? And if it's broken all up, what can we do to break the old cycles and make them blessed cycles? So again, protecting life. The whole existence of our whole existence just as a person, as a child of God, is that we would be about this, protecting life. Because God loves us all. He doesn't want one of his children hurting another one of his children. That's the one thing that would break my heart, my mom's heart the most, is when she would see me and my sister fighting. It's one of the things that breaks my heart the most as a dad when I watch my sons fight. Well, how's our heavenly Father' heart hurt when he sees his children of one tribe and another tribe fighting, or one house to another house fighting? It hurts his heart. So it's a fight. He's known us before He put us in the womb. This protecting life. Before we were born, before He saw us in the mother's womb, He knew us. And then He places us in the womb. And until our bodies go back to the dirt and we get to go home, He's with us and He wants to protect us. Provision and protection. That's what God wants for His children. There's no place for murder, no place for anger and hurtful words. None. And then the link to that protecting life comes into this thing about protecting family. Protection of life begins in this family. God so loves his children. Like the, the safest, most beautiful place in all of creation that God could put one of his precious little children, that soul, that beautiful child of his, the safe, best place he could put it is into a family, and he puts that into the family, into the mother's womb. How much can a mother love? It's been said the two things that guys cannot do on a woman, we cannot love them and we cannot hate them. Right? Can out love a woman, cannot hate them. So on this, he puts the child into the mother's womb. It's supposed to be safe. It's blessed, it's warm, it's surrounded by a mother's love. It's there's nothing like it. It's incredibly beautiful. And then you have the mother, and then you have the father there. And when the mother gets, there was a time in history when they got really pregnant, and you get real pregnant, they couldn't walk very far, and they couldn't do as much because they're weighed down with baby, and there's pains, and there's dangers to that life. And so dad would do everything. He would get the food, he would get the water, he'd prepare everything because he's protecting and providing for his family, the ones he loves most and best. As much as the mom would die for her children, that dad would die for both of them. He's to protect them. And into that family that God made, he puts life. And it's beautiful. That's where the children are placed. And into that place, there's no room for adultery in his plan, in his heaven. That man's for that woman for his life. Loving and cherishing and protecting for life. And that woman's loving her man and her family for life. And and there's no room for lusts and lures of all the others. There is no others. This is my family. That's his intent. Now we take a pause from this because that's not how it works out. <laughs> in our culture and in that culture, there are a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of woundedness. There's a lot of, of adultery, and there's a lot of lusts, and there's there's a lot of divorce. I mean, in my family, it's everywhere. I'm on my father's side. They're three out of four. My mother's side, 50%. But that's that's just my family. So it's there. So when you come to this, and we come back to what Jesus was, why why did he even come to give us this message? The one who gave us this message, we remember with this Holy Communion, we asked the kids on Holy Communion, I remember asking some of the ones, maybe when they were here in the Communion, um, Is there anything that you can do that is so big, so continuously big, that God can't forgive you? And they would say, well, how about if you murder? Well, how about if you do this or do that? And I said, no. I would say time and time again that there is nothing that you can do as a person that would be so bad or so big that Jesus doesn't say, I love you and I forgive you wage your war and he doesn't even ask for perfection because he knows we can't give it divorced once divorced twice divorced three times he still loves he still forgives adultery one adultery two adultery three he still loves he forgives murder one murder whatever it is there's no sin that we commit that is so great that God's love is not bigger and to think that your sin's bigger than God that's insulting God because he's pretty big and we're not right so when we're thinking about all these codes and the things he's given us, it's not because he wants to oppress us and, and he wants to hurt us. He just wants to protect life and he wants to protect family. And we're to never give up that quest to protect life and protect family. No matter how many times we've failed before, when it's this day and this day going forward, how can we protect life? How can we protect family? Now thinking about this, yeah, how many of you saw the movie Forrest Gump? Yep, keep your hands up. I'm just counting here. Did you see Forrest Gump? All right, Forrest Gump. Forrest had a sweetheart from childhood. Um, do you remember her name in the movie? Jenny. 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 All right, so there was something about Forrest that just wasn't very attractive to the world. That's part of the lure of his story. He was a simple, whatever Forrest Gump, you know Forrest Gump, and so he loved Jenny. And now he loved Jenny, and it wasn't just about. It really wasn't about the lustful stuff and the conquest stuff and all that. It was just he just loved Jenny. Well, there came a time that Jenny left. She had to go. She had to go because her house was not a good house. Her father was abusive in words. Her family was abusive in many ways, and it was also sexually abusive. And so she had to leave the house. And the scars that they put onto Jenny in that house were severe from the time she was little till the finally she time she got to be old enough where she could run off. And when she ran off, she ran to the city. And with all that brokenness in her life, she continued to live that broken life in the city. She was giving her body weight to anything. She was using drugs and drinking. She engaged her whole life into something. And it was, turned out to be a train wreck. And it turned out to end, end the movie, Take Her Life. But Forrest still loved Jenny. Jenny found out in the movie at some point that her dad had died. And she risked coming back to that place that was full of scars and ugliness. She came home and Forrest found out she came home and there he was. At some point in the movie, they're just walking through the grass, and they both have their shoes, or Jenny has her shoes off, because she just wanted to feel the beauty of that earth again, and the grass and the trees, it was beautiful. And they come through this trees, and they come to this thing, and then there's a, they come to a little dirt road, and right in the front of that dirt road, not any further than from here, like the second row of cars, she looks, and she sees ahead, and she sees the house And that house is a decrepit, dilapidated, there's hardly any paint, some of the windows are busted, the roof needs repair. I mean, it is a shabby looking place. And she looks at that, and now the movie music changes. And she walks, four stays, and she just walks. And she walks, she has her shoes in her hands, and she stands there, and then she lets out a guttural scream that just came from some broken, wounded place so that just tormented she had. And she takes her shoe and she slings it at that house. with, And she screams and she takes the other shoe and she throws it at the house. And, and neither shoe even probably even hit the house, but she just let it out. And then she's looking around and she starts to pick up rocks and she finds the rocks and she slings it. Pow! hits the side of the board and a little board comes down she throws she's just picking up rocks and she's she's like yelling and she's like crying and she's slinging this stuff at the house one goes through a pane of glass and finally she's looking around there's no more rocks and she just she can't do anything she just sits in the dirt in her white dress she just sits on that little road in front of that dilapidated house overwhelmed by what the ugly things had been taking place in her whole life since then. Here comes Forrest, This Forrest does, and he sees her in the dirt kind of crying and broken. That's his Jenny. He's in a nice shirt, nice pants. He sits in the dirt right next to her, and then he says these words. Pretty cool. Sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. So we're looking at this world. There's a lot of wounded and a lot of hurt. God never wanted it that way. And he still doesn't want it that way. And there's a lot of in that place and you got nothing to eat. What do you do? The rocks didn't really even help. So I want you to imagine that Jesus wants to sit next to you. He's felt what you felt. He's thought what you thought. He sees what you see. He's experienced it on both sides of the fence. The ones who have been ugly as well, the ones who've received the ugliness. He knows it all. And when he's there, he's saying, I love you. And he wants to restore your life. He says, I love you and I want to restore your family's life. Because he doesn't want hell. And he doesn't want the damage and the wounds to be the final word. He wants peace and forgiveness and hope to be the final word. So we can have the circle of life that's blessed. When we leave today as a church, one, we come in here and we're broken. We have wounds. We have scars. We all do. Some small, some massive. But a, while we're in here, we get to be confronted with the truth that God wants for us, his plans, his will, his way, his, his, how he wants us to live and in, in protect life and protect family. And then with that, being forgiven, knowing that Jesus is right here with us in the dirt, and it's like time, it's going to be time to get up. Like Forrest and Ginny will eventually get up. And they'll go back on to life. And when we leave this place today, in this circle of life, we can confess the things we've done wrong and we can be forgiven. You are forgiven. It's already done. Before you ask, God forgives. And then in this, how can you help the others sit in the dirt with them and raise them up to do the same thing so as we go on as a whole people that we make a circle of life that leads to life not a circle that leads to despair, death, and woundedness, but a circle that starts with God and a circle that comes all full circle and it ends with God. Our mission statement is a church. Mark twelve thirty, Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbors as yourself. That's what we do. In another way of saying it we protect life we protect family and we have people that are broken on the circle to be healed so they can come back and be restored god help us be this church amen, amen.
2: let's declare our faith using the words of the apostles creed i believe in god the father almighty creator of heaven and earth i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for sending your Son. We give you thanks for how the living stories of his faith give us direction and hope. We ask that you help our faith grow and our understanding of your holy way mature. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for children. Help this Christian community reflect Christ for our children in all places and times by what we say and do. Help them mature and grow in faith, hope, and joy. Love, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Help the church present your truth, your law, your gospel in the world. Help your church resist the deceit and lies of the evil one. And help us invite and make disciples who intimately know you, that all people might discover the peace and joy awaiting them in your heavenly presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, teach us to be good stewards of the earth's abundant resources. Tell us to share what you have first given us with those who are experiencing need. Teach us to raise each other up, to share the good news of Christ to pray for and embrace those who need comfort. And Lord, when this is not happening, help us defend those who need defending and help us protect those who have been victims. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, please enter into the bodies, minds, and hearts of those who are suffering this day. Sustain their faith with hope, peace, healing, and people who care. Hear our prayers for those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our our prayer. prayer.
1: Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We commend into your hands our joys, our concerns, our hopes, our fears. Into your hands we lay our lives. Thanks for being such loving, powerful, and forgiving God. Amen.